Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning and welcome to Collider Dailies. I'm John Algets and I am joined once again by... Maggie Lovett. <laughs> Today we are talking about... Uh, bio the Bioshock movie getting an, a little bit of an update, brief little bit of an update. Arcane finally being canon to League of Legends. Weirdly, it wasn't. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about Netflix's price hikes. Now, we have talked about this in the past, although when we talked about it, when Maggie and I were talking about it, it was only, like, reportedly going to be happening. But it has officially gone into effect. It is, like, effective immediately you have new prices for your Netflix subscription. You're going to be paying more money if you are subscribed to two specific tiers, which we'll we'll take a look at here. Uh, so if you are part of, well, if you're in the U.S., France, or the U.K., and you are part of the basic or premium plans, your prices have gone up. So if you were at the $9.99 tier, your price is now $11.99. If you were at the 19.99, which that's the the 4K uh, tier, and also you can like stream on like six different devices at a time, mm-hmm. uh, your price is now 22.99. If you were at the 6.99 ad supported, or the 15.49 ad free, uh, which is the 15.49 was just you just get 1080 and I think two devices, uh, those prices have are staying the same at the moment. I would not be surprised if they go up in the future because Netflix has shown that uh, they love money more than they love their subscribers. Maggie, how do you feel about this? Uh, I think it's wild to make people pay more for less because, as we know, Netflix is uh, pretty notorious for canceling things. And while they do have a, a fairly decent catalog of, you know, bingeable content, uh, I just don't think any of it is is worth what they're uh, they're trying to get people to pay. Uh, especially when, you know, the strike is still ongoing for SAG-AFTRA and it's, uh, you know, some of the the stumbling blocks are about uh, paying people what they're worth. So uh, it's funny. I mean, it's kind of been Netflix's MO for a while to Mm -hmm. be pay more for less. Because they, not only do they cancel things constantly, but they can't seem to hang on to anything like stuff is constantly being pulled from the platform you know for a while there you know netflix was the thing you subscribed to to watch the office and they lost that then it was the thing that you subscribed to to watch you know all of these different shows that have been canceled and they just keep it's just not the most value for your money and i know that all of the other streamers are also raising their prices disney plus just did recently Mm -hmm. uh i believe hulu was talking about raising prices it's it's getting to be a little nuts out there you know it's so funny too i saw some um folks in the united kingdom were talking about that the new netflix price is now more than their their tv license uh so it's 
it's a lot of money to be shelling out for one singular streaming service. I, I know that I myself personally actually canceled my Netflix subscription last night. Uh, now that I have watched Power Rangers Cosmic Fury and uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about the fact that you laugh every time that I bring that up. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry that my must watch TV series was Power Rangers. Uh, but now that I've watched that and the fall of the House of uh, Usher, I, I, just, I just was like, there's nothing more for me here. There's nothing more that I want to watch. And maybe that's what Netflix is just going to be for me from now on is mm -hmm. just this thing that I subscribe to for like a month when something comes out that I feel like I have to watch. It's not think, the best feeling in the world. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to become for a lot of people. They're going to wait for whatever their favorite show is that's coming back or wait until a couple things are out so that they can, you know, watch it all in one go, uh, which, you know, is not very conducive for the way Netflix um, has their little what gets renewed scheme in place. So it's uh, not good for a lot so, of a lot of different reasons. Would you pay $22 to watch the next season of Stranger Things? Uh, no, I wouldn't pay anything to do that. I don't watch Stranger Things. So. Okay, well, then you're maybe you're not the right person to ask. Like, no, I <laughs> wouldn't pay anything for that. Uh, no, but there are, there are things that I do enjoy watching on Netflix um, that I still wouldn't pay $22 for. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Miller in chat says, do these studios not realize it's going to get tougher for people to pay for these services if all of them keep raising prices? That's the thing. All of these streaming platforms, they they want their platform to be the only one that you're paying for. You yeah. know, Disney Plus doesn't want you paying for Netflix. Uh, Netflix doesn't want you paying for Hulu. They don't want you paying for Amazon Prime. They don't want any of that so they don't care about the other guys if anything they're just gonna you know maybe try to undercut the other guys just a little bit but yeah they they aren't even paying attention to what the other companies are making other than maybe looking at them and going oh how much can we fleece our subscribers for yeah uh, I mean, the only way that i could see this being beneficial for netflix and i mean if netflix is listening and they adopt this model i'm very sorry um but i could see them to you know, prevent people from doing the I'm going to subscribe for a month and watch my show, uh, kind of returning to the weekly release schedule that would get people to want to keep their subscription going if a show is longer than you know four or five weeks. Uh, there's definitely ways for that model to work for them if they want to actually put in the work, you know, guaranteed renewals for things so people aren't hesitant to get invested in a show that could only be one season long. Um, you know, but I'm skeptical if they're actually going to do any of those things that would help them actually retain their uh, subscriber base. I mean, like, yeah, it is it is hard to really get behind or really have any kind of loyalty for a platform that very clearly does not have any loyalty to their subscribers. Like if, if shows and if things constantly keep getting canceled, that's just that is the company telling us that they don't value mm -hmm. what you want and what you are there for. Uh, Andrew English says, I have Paramount, Disney and Netflix. Netflix will be the first to go. Uh, that's totally fair. I will say that of those three, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, and Netflix, to me, Netflix is the one that has the least value. Mm -hmm. Because Disney Plus, I mean, it has like 
every like a lot of stuff that I want to watch is on Disney Plus, like Darkwing Duck and Goof Troop and all the Star Wars stuff, all the Marvel stuff. So I'm keeping that Paramount Plus. I watch Star Trek. That's what yeah. that, that's what that is. Say, for. As long as I have the Star Wars and the Star Trek, I'm good. And honestly, Paramount has a lot of other really good shows that people should give a give a they shot. They do. I just haven't really dove into it too much. But yeah, Netflix. Netflix, they have things every once in a while. And again, I can just get them for one month at a time. But speaking of Netflix getting stuff, this episode is actually going to be cram-packed full of Netflix-related media, <laughs> hilariously enough. And the next thing that we are going to be talking about is the Bioshock movie, which is apparently a, uh, at least I believe it was supposed to be a Netflix yeah, it's a it's going to be a Netflix project. Uh, Bioshock, of course, the uh, sort of landmark video game that came out during the Xbox 360 PS3 era. Uh, it is being worked on by writer Michael Green. He worked on uh, Blade Runner 2049 as well as others. And now that the writer strike is uh, finished and wrapped up, he's getting back to it. And he had this to say about the project. He said, quote, uh, you have to measure your words or you'll start to see a laser pointer at my forehead from Netflix legal. Netflix <laughs> has been amazing about it. They were excited about it before the strike. They're excited about it now post-strike. I got the call, the how's it coming along the minute the strike was over. You about ready? Been meeting regularly with Francis Lawrence and his team to refine a draft to go back in. We're all optimistic. We all love it. It's a great big sprawling nightmare world we want to see real. So here's hoping I would love to have an update for you soon. So kind of an update, kind of not. Just basically like, hey, work is work is happening on it. Uh, which honestly, sometimes even that is enough to like build the excitement a little bit and get you going. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, there was every chance that the strike could have, you know, caused Netflix it. to go an opposite, you know, different direction yeah. or reverse their plans. So, I mean, it's, it's good to know it's still happening clearly. Well, and, and Bioshock is, is a recognizable enough brand that it's going to definitely have some weight behind it. I will say there hasn't been a new Bioshock game in, quite a while bioshock infinite was the last one so it might not necessarily have the most pull out of all of them but it is recognizable enough to that audiences are going to be interested and i still see um, people cosplaying as the characters from that at every yeah. convention since that i mean they did just they did just have the the remastered collection came out on all kinds of things i got the switch copy because apparently i hate myself um <laughs> I probably should have gotten it on PS4 or Xbox or something, but I didn't. I got it on Switch. Uh, but, yeah, so it is – there is, like – people are still talking about it. It is very much beloved. So I think that, you know, it's going to it's gonna do all right. Uh, Jeremy Miller says they could do movies of each game separately. I like the idea of that better than a TV show. Yeah, Honestly, I don't think that there needs to be a TV show for Bioshock, and it seems like they agree because they're doing it as a movie. Um, it, I think you could do everything that that game needs done. Maybe not Infinite. Infinite, I could see needing a show, but the first Bioshock in just a movie, I think, would be the straight way to go. Uh, 
Maggie, do you have anything else to say about the Bioshock movie? No, I mean, I'm, I think I said in a previous episode when we were talking about cyberpunk, I'm always here for uh, video game adaptations um, in whatever form they manifest as. I think it's, it's a fun way for people who are really interested in video games, but may not have the, the time to really like commit and invest in those video games to get to be part of that community. Uh, and I think that's, you know, really important for fans um, to kind of get those, those experiences too. I will say, I do appreciate that Hollywood seems to have finally figured out mm-hmm. how to do a video game adaptation, right? Cause for the longest time, it was pretty much just a given that if it's a video game adaptation, it's going to be trash. Yeah. And it was only within the last few years that it's kind of, gone the other direction so now i actually find myself excited about video game adaptations which didn't used to be the case um now if we can just get a a good tomb raider film (laughs) yeah i definitely have a wish list uh, of video games that i need turned into uh movies or television starting Um, how high up that list is baldur's gate 3 uh, it is not. I would actually want to animate it for that. I have a whole plan in mind. That would that would have it would have to be a show. It would have to be yeah. It would have animated, to be an animated action, show. Whatever. No, but my number one is I want a Dragon Age television show. So which isn't dissimilar from Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I was gonna say you're. That's really not that far. Um, it, it, for but me, the number never happen with how chaotic things are over at Bioware right now. So. Yeah. See, for me, the the one that I want, I want to, I want to show. Um, it is another Bioware property. I want a Mass Effect series. Ah. Although, really, to be honest with you, I want anything set in that universe. Yeah. Like if they did a Mass Effect show and it was just some other storyline, but set in that universe, I'm there. Yeah. Um, and, so. I should, and I should say the reason why I think Baldur's Gate would do really well as an animated series is because there is the Netflix Dragon Age uh, animated series that was phenomenal, which I highly recommend if you like Dragon Age and you know animated series. So I think that could work in that medium as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, Requiem says, are you saying that Angelina Jolie isn't your Lara Croft? <laughs> Okay, so just just to be completely frank with you, uh, of the two, well, we've had three Tomb Raider films, yeah. but of the two tries at adapting Tomb Raider, uh, the the last one was the one that did it better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm spacing on the actress's name. Alicia Vikander. Yeah, she was to me. She's much closer to what Lara Croft is than Angelina Jolie ever was. Um, as a kid, I liked the Angelina Jolie movies, but as I got older, I was kind of like, eh, not as much yeah. on them. I like the, uh, the Tomb Raider that has Jared Butler in it. <laughs> that yeah, was, it was Cradle of Life. Cradle of Life, uh, yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> anyways, moving on. <laughs> Speaking of video game adaptations, uh, let's and go Netflix. over to our, <laughs> and Netflix, over to our final bit of uh, news today, and that is all about Arcane and the fact that Arcane is now officially part of the League of Legends continuity, which might have some of you going, wait, it wasn't? <laughs> it wasn't. Arcane was its own separate thing. And here's the thing about League of Legends and their lore. Uh, it's uh, really wonky mm-hmm. and like hard to follow. The thing with League of Legends... Pretty much every single time that there's a champion update, that champion's lore completely changes. Which, if you're looking at the overarching like story of that game, when like 
individual segments keep changing. It's exceptionally hard to follow. So now they seem to riot games seem to just basically be like, okay, enough of this fragmentation. We don't want this to be this way anymore. So they're, they're, they're kind of changing the way that they are approaching the lore of league of legends. And one of the things that they're doing is all league of legends related IPs. So legends of rune, Terra, arcane all of the spinoffs and everything are now going to be part of one unified canon and they're going to rework things as necessary to make everything kind of a little bit more cohesive and fitting together so you know there you go arcane now you can now you can get into a game get yelled at for (laughs) missing a minion and uh uh but then be like it's okay because i understand the story of arcane so like it's cool that's not going to get you. That's not going to help you at all with toxic people. <laughs> no. Maggie, your thoughts on League of Legends? Have you ever uh, played I've, it? I've never played League of Legends. I am like kind of aware. Count your blessings. Yeah, I've, I definitely heard that from other people uh, as well. Um, I'm like aware of like the general kind of idea of of what it is uh my real first introduction though was arcane um there was a lot of buzz about it right before it came out and so i watched that series on netflix and i loved it i thought it was great i thought it was one of the most beautiful animated series i had seen in a while the story was fantastic the voice acting was phenomenal i'm ready for more honestly when i saw everybody talking about arcane yesterday i was like oh is there like news that we're getting you know more arcane no it was just that it was like ah it's stupid games Stuff. Like, oh, okay. So it's officially part of a, a canon that I already had very little concept of. Um, it's okay. Even even people who were big fans of the game had little concept of the lore of League of Legends. <laughs> hey, well, I guess it's you know. <laughs> so I played I played League of Legends quite a bit in college. Mm. Um, in fact, it was probably primarily responsible for me not having a social life. Uh, because instead of going to parties, me and my best friend would just sit in the garage that we lived in and play League of Legends until the sun came up. Uh, for those of you who are listening, mm-hmm. I was a support main. That should surprise basically nobody who you know knows anything about me. And I, uh, I, I, I played Thresh, which I have a little <laughs> pop figure of sitting here on my desk. Uh, that being said, since, since college, I, I will about once a year get the urge to play League of Legends. I'll download it. I'll install it. I'll log in. And then I'll float my mouse over the over the like match queue button, and I just can't bring myself to click it. Like I just cannot. Like all of the memories of all the like super toxic people, and all of the like, you know, being a, being a support player, it was pretty common for me to get yelled at by my ADC like pretty much every single game, even if I was doing everything perfectly right. Uh, so it's just like you know what, life is worth living. So I'm not gonna do this. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Instead, I'll just watch Arcane. Yeah, there you and go. And now, now there's there's a much stronger connection to that game that I refuse to play. <laughs> Do you think this will affect where the story was going? Um, or is it more that that will be what the game tries to tie itself into more? I think if they're smart, mm-hmm. they will continue the direction that they're going, whatever it is that they're working on with Arcane Season 2. Um, they will continue with that, and then they will work the game's lore around it. Uh, if I had to put my money on it, knowing what I know about Riot Games, it'll probably be the opposite. Um, but we'll see. They also, they saw the success and the kind of critical claim that Arcane got. And they, they did start to lean into the style a little bit more with like Legends of Runeterra 
you can see a lot of the character designs and stuff are a lot closer to arcane style mm -hmm. than traditional League of Legends. Um, so maybe they'll lean more into it and kind of like center things around that, but we'll just have to see, I suppose. Uh, all like three of you who probably care <laughs> about League of Legends. Uh, C1, C1X says, all I know about League of Legends is it exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's fair. To be honest, as I said, all you need to know is that it exists. Uh, it is it is a pain to play. It it physically hurts me. That being said, I love watching pro League of Legends. In fact, I almost watched more professional League of Legends than I played. Oh wow! Um, hmm. So that is that was that was my like one esport. Now that like professional Quake isn't really a thing anymore, I'll just watch League <laughs> to get my esports fill. But uh, anyways, that's all that we have for our show today, which leads us into our question of the day, which is just basically, did you know that League of Legends exists? <laughs> uh, or in reality, our question today is, how are you feeling about the Netflix price increases? Are you going to keep your Netflix subscription or is this a line too far? Are you Are you done with the platform now or can you put up with the price increases uh let us know in the comments below you can go ahead and tweet at us any way that you want to get in touch with us is totally fine outside of like don't throw a brick through my window with like a <laughs> note attached like that's not a great way to do it but any other way <laughs> uh so tomorrow uh you will be seeing perry and steve who will be talking about i don't know stuff um <laughs> They'll probably be having a far more put together discussion than we did. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that at 10 a.m. tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific tomorrow. Sorry, time zones. Uh, but until then, everybody, uh, I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your weekend and uh, we'll catch you next time.